It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. I listen to get accurate, up-to-date information. I've learned so much from him. It is awesome. It's the best entertainment that I've found. You rock the health world. Keep it up. I love you. Now, the voice of health, freedom, and liberty. Here's Robert Scott Bell. to go live on the air post-Christmas. First show live. Uh, Super Don was holding the fort, making the encores go really well over the weekend. While we had some downtime, recovery time even, and I hope you had a wonderful, wonderful time as well. I certainly did. I'll check in with Super Don. I know uh, you had a little grandkid rugrats running all, all around on top of the 80 people you hosted in violation of Kate Brown's order to <laughs> stay separated, have no one over. <laughs> well, it wasn't quite 80. It's more yeah. like 18, but uh, I knew there was an eight in there somewhere. Yeah, no, we had a we actually had a really good holiday. Had a bunch of friends and and family, and mm-hmm. a ton of really good homemade food. Yeah, and uh, I got a cool Christmas present. Can I show off? Okay. Yeah. Do you have a dollhouse or something for the grandkids? Is that well? Is... I do. I've got a Barbie dream house just behind. That's what I was thinking. It was because my uh, my daughter. Uh, has not made room for it. These Barbie dream houses are something else. Not only are they like really expensive, mm-hmm. but when you put them all together, it's like four feet tall. Yeah, that's, that's like that's like taller than my granddaughter. Yeah, right? your kids can live in them, but it's like the dream thing for yeah. you know little girls who are into yeah. Barbie. But that's, what are you going to get now? What is that? My son got me a Christmas present. I'm, uh, you know, we talk football every once in a while and just bore the heck out of everybody. Yeah, it's a guy thing, right? It, it sorry, is. ladies that like football, it's a lady thing too. And I'm a I'm a a, a lifetime 49ers fan. And he got me this. I'm just really proud of this, and probably most people don't care, but it's an autographed picture of the catch. Of the catch. This was the uh the catch back in 1981 when uh Joe Montana threw to Dwight Clark, and this is what started the 49ers dynasty. Did they sign him? Um, it looks like it's signed. Yeah, look at that, man. Is that authenticated, or did your son believe, do that? I believe it is. Dwight <laughs> Clark and Joe Montana. That's pretty cool. How cool is that? So that'll Very be going cool. up on the wall here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we had a really good time. Everybody had a good time, and um, we're just now, I think, almost got everything cleaned up <laughs> from, you know what, from, from Christmas. You know what I got for Christmas weekend? What's that? A sore shoulder. Right, this right shoulder right here, sore like Swiss cheese. Like, what happened? Really? Yeah, what would do that, Super Don? Do you have any idea? Um, 
I don't know. I'll show everybody what would do that. Putting my the son, star on the top of the tree, maybe? No, my son no. turned 21, and he got his dream gun, an M1 Garand. Uh, oh, you know what? I saw a video of that. Yeah. And so we were out, like, yeah, we were shooting. <laughs> Lots of different uh, vintage World War II kind of guns with large caliber rounds with a lot of uh, grains behind them. And I want to show everybody a uh, little two videos one's in slow-mo one it was a rapid fire and it jammed the first time he's not not done rapid fire but he un, undid, he knows how to protect because the people that know the m1 said watch out for that m1 thumb he's like he knows about that uh so he's protected against it but y'all check this out first one is uh more of a rapid fire on it shoots at uh 30-06 for those of you who know this stuff uh it it's uh it can do some damage check it out I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> and there goes the clip flying out. Did you hear that? That's like a famous sound. It's like, it's a World War II era gun. They fought, used it in Korean uh, police action as well. I've seen those yeah. and like, because I like the World War II movies. Right. And, uh, and it was you always a, see that, that thing that, that flies out when they run out of ammo. Because they were all 30-06 bolt action prior to that. And then they went semi-automatic with that M1. And then they used it up through Korea. And anyway, my son got picked one of Korean era war uh, era um, gun. And, and I've got a slow-mo. I, I did a slow-mo because it's just kind of cool to watch the kick from this thing. And, you know, my son's not humongous, right? He's all muscle and that's it, just wiry. But uh, you can feel it. My shoulder's feeling it. And uh, check out the slow-mo version right Thank now. You. Okay, we're watching him. He's getting ready to shoot. Beautiful overcast day in the mountains. Last shot. See that clip fly out? Slow-mo, you can hear it. Cool. Sounds like Big Ben. That's really cool. And then it picks up real fast. That was kind of fun. So uh, we had a great time. And, uh, you know, I've got these things in case they mandate vaccines here, Super Don. We're going to talk to Rick Jaffe about that. That's what uh -huh. they look like. Look at how big those are. That's a clip right there of uh, eight rounds. of. <laughs> those are huge. Yeah, yeah. Those are huge rounds. So I got my, my son, the bodyguard, and uh, we're, we're all good here. Hope you all had a great weekend. And uh, we're going to, I think we're going to go this week. We're going to go today, tomorrow, Wednesday. Probably going to, unless there's like a, an urgent coverage need. Mm -hmm. The New Year's Eve show, we might do an encore too. Not sure. Okay. So I kind of patterned what we did last week. So New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. But I, I look, I'm open to doing a New Year's Eve show if we need to. I'm just going to say. What about that. Sunday? I don't know. <laughs> that's like the 31st. No, that's the that's in the new year. That's the, that's the third of uh, 2021 there. All right. So we'll, we'll put on the possibility of doing a, a new show for Sunday on our radio okay. broadcast. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. And we need we need to let Dr. King know that the first Friday of this month or next month, if we should say, is the first. So it'll be on on the eighth. Yeah, and so then we'll make sure uh, check it out. What? I have got. We've been working on this for a while, and I believe mm -hmm. on Tuesday is it Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday of that week. Mm -hmm. I want to say it's Tuesday. We have got. Leona Warner Gray. Oh, Leona's got a new book, yeah. Anxiety Free with Food, coming out. That's right. And uh, she, yeah, she brings the anxiety. No, she doesn't bring the anxiety. She calms everybody down. She's so much fun. So we'll get Liana on next week as well. 
and kick off the new year in style. We're working on some of your suggestions as well. Everybody that's throwing in some good ideas for the show. Uh, we've got to wrap in some new information and hopefully new commercials from our new CBD sponsor starting up in the new year. That's right. That's thanks to Stuart Tomp. So everybody's going to get plugged into that. Uh, anybody that is uh, recommended by Stuart, much less would support a message of health, freedom, and healing liberty like ours is someone you want to support as well. So we'll get you that info uh, coming up. Let's see. First story, I don't even know if this is in the notes, but I think we got to start with a little bit of good news. There's okay. so much There's so much that you consider maybe not so good. You mean there's good news out there? Apparently there is. Yeah, we're going to find how, it. How did they let that slip through? Well, as you're searching for it, Super Don, you can't find it in the mainstream news. you got to find it in, like, I think this is Dan Bongino posted this. Uh, New York gym owner gets huge court win over Cuomo's COVID-19 restrictions. This is, I mean, this is a, these are the guys that are real men. I'm just going to say it that way. They're real men. They're going, they get handed a, a cease and desist or, or something about, Hey, you can't have your gym open. And then you rip that up in their face and go, you don't have the authority. And they try to, uh, find them, imprison them, take away their businesses. So this guy, Robbie De Niro, funny enough, uh, spelled differently, I think, than Bobby De Niro, but uh, was a, won a court victory over the state of New York. It allows him to open his gym at full capacity. State Supreme Court Judge Paul B. Wachizak allowed the gym to open at full capacity. The judge said there was a right to normalcy. That's an interesting new right, <laughs> a right to normalcy. And he threw out the state's 25% capacity limit and uh, says this is a huge win. The fact that the precedent has been set that we can open at full capacity so long as we abide by the state, the safety guidelines and protocols that do work. That's a huge win. By the way, which ones work, Super Don? Because the masks don't. Well, we'll get to that. that that's coming up a little later. So they were good. They were, he's ripping up his $15,000 fine in this video clip that you see on that page, uh, which they basically said, no, you don't get a fine anymore uh, because he's right. You can't. You can't just destroy businesses on a whim. And then they say, well, no, it's not a whim. This is like, this is serious. COVID-19. We got to shut it down. Of course, there's so much hypocrisy, as you know, with all of this. Because who are they shutting down? Small businesses that can't afford to take on big, bad state governments or locals or health municipalities, whatever it is. And those few that do are risking even more than losing their business if they're going to be fined into bankruptcy, perhaps. And so, folks, I'm just asking y'all to man up for 2021. The bumpy ride's not over. This has always been predicted by our founding fathers here in the United States, that if we ever went to sleep on defense of liberty, tyranny would rise its ugly head, or will it raise its ugly head? We'll find out because my grammar is just all over the map today. I'm not used to doing a live broadcast. It's been a few days. <laughs> I'm getting back on the radio horse or whatever, the media horse. So 2021, it's not going to be better because we are, oh, it can't be worse than 2020. It'll be better because of what you are willing to do. Finally, standing up in the face of tyranny and going, no more. We had it. We gave you some leeway in 2020 and it's not going, no, we're not doing that again. And they're going to try and ramp up the anxiety. They're going to try and ramp up the lies about a COVID-19 variant, 2021, whatever they're going to call it. They're going to they're ramp up mandatory vaccines if they can get away with it. Anything that you let them get away with, they're going to attempt. All right, let's just get that out in the open. It's not a mystery. When Trump takes the second term, 
it's still going to be a problem, right? Trump's not the magic solver of all our problems any more than Biden is the disaster, even though that he is. It's like we're still sitting on a bureaucratic oligarchy that is corrupted on every level, state level, federal level, local levels with people that don't love liberty. They're willing to sell their country and their fellow man, woman and child and family members out for a, a few shekels, right? Pieces of silver, you know that, the Judas kind of scenario. So that's just always been the case. It's just now more in your face with what's gone on with this play on, hey, it's all, it's all about the virus. Wait, what about the economy? What about the Federal Reserve note? What about the Fed and the IMF and the World Bank and what they're going to attempt to do, what they are attempting with more bailouts after they destroy businesses, then they go, hey, we'll come in and bail you out. Whether it's 600, whether it's two grand, whether they have foreign uh, money for Pakistan and gender studies or not, it's still an economic disaster unless you prepare and do the things we talk about here from time to time on the Robert Scott Bell Show. But that is within your control, your sphere of influence. It's not something you have to wait like the, the, the Latin term deus ex machina, right? The gods, you know, pull from the heavens miraculously pull you out of the friar. It's about you stepping up and not stepping in to the friar. Or if you've been in the friar, you're getting out before you're fried. <laughs> Does that make sense? I think it's a positive uh, message here, Super Don. It's like, don't look for political or other saviors. At the same time, I'm not saying don't fight for those you believe in and don't fight against corruption in, in like, yes, do all of that. But the point is, regardless of what happens, you're more in control of your life than you realize. Super Don. Yeah, no, listen, um, it's a bit, because yeah, here we are at the end of 2020. And, mm-hmm. and like you said, a lot of people are looking at 2021. They're thinking like on uh, uh, midnight. Yeah, it's magic. Uh, that, oh, look, everything's great. No, it's yeah. going to be the same as it was the day before. Um, but you're right though. It's not going to be the same in 2020, in my opinion, in 2021, as it was in 2020, because there's been a a bit, and I know this, this word gets probably overused, but there has been a bit of an awakening Mm -hmm. in this country. Uh, I was having a conversation with someone over, you know, over the holiday, uh, Mm -hmm. period of time there about, you know, like, what do you think is going to happen in 20, you know? Because they're talking about lockdowns, you know, and oh, here comes, you know, the the next virus and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, you know what? They're not going to get away with this again. I mean, if if they if they are going to, they're going to have to really do something outstanding in order to, I think, to convince people yeah. to do that again. People are are tired. They're they're done. Um, well, the question is, are we willing to be duped again? And again, again, and time after time, it appears that a, a significant segment of the population is willing to be duped. Look around. But as I predicted, I said, they're not going to let you go back to breathing without a mask. Normal. Yeah, well, right? that's true. That's true. And I think I think uh, one of the conversations I had with my son was, you know, I said, look, this is how they do it. <laughs> you know, look at 9-11. There's a good example right there. Yeah, that's uh, a classic it, example in our lifetime. Times, right. Where it's like they take a bunch away. And then they give a little bit back and just be grateful for what you got back. No, Uh, folks, you got to step it up. The masking permanently, how we still don't know how fully disastrous it's going to be on the younger generations, not just from a physiological health, which is already problematic, even if they weren't masking based on the kind of food they're eating and vaccinations they are getting, but more so 
the psychological, emotional, mental, and spiritual aspects of growing up in an era where you are taught to fear each other, everybody, and you're taught to fear what you do to others by breathing. I cannot overstate how critically important this is to realize that we are just hide your ears effing up the next generation by participating in this scamdemic in this way. So folks, 2021 will change because you make it change. Not, not because whether Trump's in or not, it's because you step it up and go, uh, uh-uh, enough, enough. This is ridiculous. This is bogus. And you don't have the science to support it. And look, this guy that we opened up with talking about this New York gym owner, he didn't cower. He pushed back. And certainly in, in this case, the courts ruled in his favor. I still don't like having to rely on the courts to do it, but still it's, it's still a victory and it strengthens hopefully other gym owners and other business owners resolve to say, ah, we are no longer going to commit Harry Carey suicide because you say we have to. No, not going to, not going to be in 2021. And that's up to you. That's up to me. That's up. That's up to super D. It's certainly not up to Fauci. Check this out, dude. I was thinking, you know, breaking news, right? Oh man. This is, how did we get into 2020? (laughs) Fauci lied. (laughs) <laughs> no, been, it can't be. He's been lying to us for decades, folks. Kerry Mullis knew that, the inventor of the PCR. He's been on the record. There are videos floating around of him saying it. Fauci yeah. is a liar. Now, do you remember months ago? I don't think it was too long ago. There was a revelation. It was in the news. Yeah. Much like this here, uh, having to do with masks. Yeah, of course. And if yeah, you remember said. early on, what was mm-hmm. Fauci saying? Don't you don't need them. Oh, no, no, that, I think that's a bad idea. You don't need yeah. it. They don't work. Uh, you know, no, you don't need, need to do those. And then and we then find out admitted. a few months later, right? He said it because that, they didn't have enough. He didn't want to panic run. Right. And so he justified it, right? Well, listen, it was a white lie, right? It's rare. It's rare. Yeah. My my yeah. lies are rare, yeah. right? No, they're very, they're very overdone and they're frequent. Now he admits to deceiving the public about herd immunity because he wanted more people to get shot. Fauci thinks it's good to deceive the public for their own good, right? He's he's the sheepherd, the shepherder, right? Hurting everybody into shots. This is an interview with the New York Times where he admitted he did not level with the American people about how many people would need to be vaccinated in order to achieve herd immunity because he didn't think the public was ready to hear his true thoughts, which he feared might discourage people from getting vaccinated. So don't tell the truth. Just manipulate people with lies. Lies, liar, liar. He changed his position how many times? He said it was 60%. No, wait, 70%. No, wait, over 80. No, no, we we may need to get up to 90% vaccinations in order to get herd immunity. What? What, What is the number? Well, this comes on, I don't know if it's on the heels or on the toes of more strange declarations that I think the WHO, I don't know if we have this article today, maybe we'll cover it tomorrow, has removed herd immunity from natural acquisition as a concept. It's no longer a thing, right? So look out on YouTube. If we talk about these things now, suddenly they'll go, oh, you're, you're, you're in violation of our policy that says whatever the WHO says or does is, is God. You know, it's like the tablets from Mount Ararat, Moses. They say that herd immunity is no longer a thing. 
from natural acquisition. It can only be acquired via vaccination, which is the irony there, of course, is the only time it's ever been identified as a real thing at all is via natural acquisition of whatever you call a disease or a virus or something along those lines. And so we, we put this back into the Fauci context. We go, they're all a bunch of liars. You guys have been following and worshiping at the wrong church. The Church of Pharmaceutical Mysticism. Fauci is one of the priestcraft in that church. According to the Times in a telephone interview, Dr. Fauci acknowledged that he had been uh, slowly but deliberately been moving the goalposts. He is doing so, he said, partly based on new science and partly on his gut feeling that the country is finally ready to hear what he really thinks. Gut feeling. Isn't that interesting? He's using the term gut feeling. Is there any scientific validity to gut feelings? I mean, I wish the guy would go with his gut more often. I'm not saying he'd be telling the truth because his gut is so messed up. But then it become more and more obvious. Now, when he says new science, that's nonsense because they're just making stuff up as they go along, too. This Fauci is amazing. He went on to even more expressly admit that he had fudged his public pronouncements in order to encourage people to take the shot. According to the Times, Fauci was ready to raise his estimates weeks ago, but refused because many Americans seemed hesitant about vaccines, which they would need to accept almost universally in order for the country to achieve herd immunity. Y'all moo cows out there. Not in this audience. Here he's quoted, when polls say only about half of all Americans would take the vaccine, I was saying herd immunity would take 70 to 75%. Then when newer surveys said, oh, it's up to 60% or more would take it, I thought I can nudge this up a bit. Fudge this up a bit, he should say. Went to 80, 85. And here's the money shot. Fauci says, we need some humility here. Really, I don't think there's a humility bone in this guy's body. We really don't know what the real number is. I think the real range is somewhere between 70, 90 percent, but I'm not going to say 90 percent. Why not? Because he thinks people will rebel or that they will never get there. So what's the point? This guy is a scientist who follows this guy. Who believes anything Fauci says anymore? And of course, Biden, if he does get to successfully steal the election, I still don't think he will. That's just me. He's going to put Fauci like in charge of the world. Because he worships Fauci, as many on the political left do. How this guy still has a job, that's another story altogether. And that's not a good sign for Trump to not fire this guy a long time ago. Of course, this guy should have been fired decades ago. Being the criminal that he is. Yes, I said it. Come get me, Fauci. You are filled with fraud, Fauci. Your, your name in the dictionary, Fauci should be defined as fraud embodied at the federal level through NIAID with your fiefdom and your control of so-called science and sending hundreds of thousands of people to their deaths during the era of HIV scam, scamology, if you will, with your AZT. Oh, I, do I need to go back to that? No, y'all can go back, read about it. There's so much written on it. Things we've talked about with Professor Peter Duesberg over the years, Fauci. We've covered it with many Ph.D. research scientists, high levels, um, Harvey Bialy, David Rasnick. So many have written on the subject. John Rappaport, of course, Celia Farber 
And again, we come back to the founder and developer of the PCR test, Kerry Mullis. I mean, this is not me just saying it. This is a long history of abuses. Now we got the uh, pharmaceutical church raising money big time for its highest level priests and parishioners. Check this out. Forbes has got a list of the the top 50 doctors, scientists, and healthcare entrepreneurs who became pandemic billionaires in 2020. Folks, we're in the wrong business. If you have no conscience, if you have no ethics and no morals, go into big pharma, invest in big pharma, become a pharmaceutical pseudoscientist, and you can make billions too, playing along with the scamdemic. As we scroll down this article at Forbes, You'll find number one on the list with a net worth of $4.2 billion is Uger Sain. Net worth $4.2 billion, citizen of Germany, source of his wealth, BioNTech. One of the main recipients of the largesse of the taxpayers of the people of planet Earth. He owns about 17% of the country country's shares. Stefan Bankel out of France, net worth $4.1 billion. Source of wealth, Moderna, the mRNA-based vaccination. He owns about 6% and uh, 4.1 billion. Yuan Lipping, net worth out of Canada, 4.1 billion. Source of wealth, pharmaceuticals, the pharmaceutical church. Hugh Kuhn, also, this guy's out of China, almost 4 billion, medical equipment. Medical equipment. I mean, you want to make big money, go into the allopathic church. Of course, if you don't repent enough and you may not be able to repent enough for all the ailments, illnesses, death and dismemberment and damage you cause when you're burning in hell, don't cry to me. Carl Hansen, $2.9 billion out of Canada. Abcelera, biotech firm using artificial intelligence. These are people that are ungodly, clearly atheistic and Luciferian to do the things that they do. To make the money that they're doing. If it's even called money. Out of the United States. First guy on the list. Two billion dollars. Moderna. What's this guy's name? Timothy Springer. Look at that smile. What a happy fellow, right? Uh, we can go on down this list. It's just like the. Basically the COVID billionaires. Super Don. No, this is all for our, our good. This is just to protect us and save us. This is not about anybody making money and profiting off of. Dude, our that ignorance. is a list of the way I understand it, the way I read it. Those are 50 new billionaires. Correct. And tw- do you remember there was a time when being a millionaire was just like, yeah. Oh, like, oh, well, that's man, so, that's, that's like so, the height of success. You know, that's so old millionaires right now. Now it's billionaires. Imagine 50 new billionaires in 2020, just this year alone. Incredible. huh? And all of it related to the yeah. pandemic. Right. Yeah. Now listen, we're not against making money. Cap, you know, the free capital, you free know, market, free market right? system. I mean, totally, we're we're good. But it's really hard mm-hmm. to wrap your head around how it is that so many of these people made so much money off of something that's so questionable. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just real quick, a point that I wanted to make going back to the Fauci thing. Mm-hmm. I am sick to death of these. Doctors and scientists that just look befuddled on TV mm-hmm. over the idea that people don't trust science, that people don't <laughs> trust the doctors. Wow! When yeah. you have got the you do, the guy who who has been put on the on the the 
pedestal mm-hmm. in this country and in the world, really, by a lot of other countries as being the guy, An Anthony Fauci. Liar. He's the man who will get on TV or do an interview and will literally be like, yeah, I lied. And everything's okay. Nobody has a problem with that. Right. And so the, the right. question has to be asked, how is it that you cannot understand mm-hmm. that if you've got Anthony Fauci, who's the guy, he's the, he's the top virologist, healthcare dude that's in charge of everything that is, is the truth about this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he comes out there and he twice now, first about the mask. Well, you know, I just said that because I wanted you to do something right. Mm-hmm. Now with this, right? Second time, he's yeah. He lies about stuff. He may not say it's a lie. He Why might just don't say, well, they you trust know, us. Super it was because I was trying to get people to get vaccinated, right? Yeah. Okay, we'll excuse so, that lie, right? Well, hold on a second though. I mean, so so how is it that people are going to take anybody else seriously about what it is that they're saying when the top guy is is a proven liar, fibber, it's, whatever it's you want to call it, scientifically proven and established beyond a reasonable doubt that he's lying. To manipulate the public works, apparently. He's That's why he's doing it. He's the face of science, right? right? He's the face. He's the guy. He's the yeah, spokesperson he, for what the dude. these people want you to do. And so, I mean, think about it. If he's lying and, and telling you stuff that isn't true in order to get you to mm-hmm. do what they want you to do, then why is it conspiracy theory to speculate that somebody mm-hmm. else in the administration or in government isn't doing the exact same thing? Hello, there you go, Super Don. You just nope. nailed it. Now, folks, share that little rant of Super Don's to everybody that's still either on the fence or still a believer in the lies of Fauci and those like him. Why don't you just trust the science? Because the science, so-called science, is filled with a bunch of liars, frauds, cheats, people just trying to get ahead and putting their head down and doing whatever they're told so that they keep the funds Rolling in, the gravy train rolling in, and now all the 50 new billionaires in the calendar year 2020 because of the deceit and fraud of the church of pharmaceutical mysticism. You know what? This makes televangelists look like saints. You know what I'm talking about? The, the ones that you find uh, behind the dumpster with the, you know, that kind of thing, right? On drugs. and uh, I'm talking about there is no televangelism as as deceitful and profitable as the pharmaceutical church. Folks, get that through your head. This is what we're dealing with. A Luciferian church, the church of pharmaceutical mysticism. We've talked about it for years. It's becoming more and more obvious. The question is, are you able to wake up your friends and your family members in time to protect them from the RNA shots and all the things that are happening? We've got more on that coming up. Look, we're going to take a break. Bottom of the hour, five questions Fauci and the FDA need to answer about the shots we're going to bring that up and maybe you could ask your friends about it too maybe if they have uh, any level of spirit flowing through them and intelligence in their body and mind and spirit that they can answer these questions for you as well before they run out and get the shots for themselves or their kids with that let's say thanks to the friends at trinity school of natural health that's where the spirit is flowing body mind and spirit empowering you to help one another much less yourself which we all need to help ourselves too we'll talk about that and a whole lot more after this break. In hour two, we got Rick Jaffe scheduled to talk about mandatory vaccines, COVID, of the COVID variety. Can they get away with it? We'll, we'll talk to him about that as well. Thanks for being here. Give us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube or ever, elsewhere. Share it, watch, party it, and all of that. We'll be right back.
across the country, people are waking up and searching for answers for a better, healthier lifestyle. They're looking for leaders, people who will help show them the steps needed to achieve these goals. Trinity's Health Coach Program is the perfect program to gain the knowledge needed to help motivate, support, and empower others on their path to a healthy and happier lifestyle. This course will teach you how to evaluate client needs and make safe, effective lifestyle recommendations. Core concepts of human body systems and how their functionality can be optimized through lifestyle changes. Supporting natural health practices, including pH balancing, Bach flowers, physical observations, and iridology. And coaching fundamentals, legalities of practice, and business strategies to get you started running your own natural health business. If your goal is helping others on their journey to a healthy lifestyle, Trinity's Health Coach Program is the perfect program for you. If you have any questions or feel like this is the program for you, please send us an email or give us a call and get started on your path to transform the world. All right. Thank you all for being here. And it almost feels like a new year already, Super Don, just like having a few days off like that. We come back, but it's still the same calendar year. We haven't escaped 2020 yet. I mean, we could try, but it hasn't but, happened. But at the same time, I go mm -hmm. through this every I'm sure I'm not the only one, mm -hmm. but it's like the day after a, a holiday that falls in the middle of the week mm -hmm. and you get up in the morning, you're kind of like, <laughs> what, who what am day? I? What, what, Where what, what's we? my purpose? What am I, <laughs> yeah. what am I supposed to be doing right now? It, right? it was weird. It's really weird. I, I had to keep reminding myself mm -hmm. on Saturday that it was Saturday. Yeah. Or on Friday, I think it was, you know, because I was like, oh, wait a minute, tomorrow I have to do this. No, wait a minute. I still have a whole weekend. It was really Yeah, weird. it's hard to know what day of the week it is in the week before, between Christmas and New Year's. That's true yeah. every year. Uh, we got a cover on Wednesday with Ty. The 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 bombing or missling, uh, what the heck happened in Nashville, Tennessee at the AT&T <laughs> building? Dude, uh, that's freaking weird. Yeah. Really weird. Because think about AT&T has, has these NSA type data centers in a number of cities. Yeah. You know, I've been walked by the one in New York City that's been there for decades. And there's just some wages of weirdness with that one. And so we'll check in with Ty. Ty also says he's going to go to that thing uh, on January 6th, a big Stop the Steel rally in D.C. that Trump's yeah. inviting everybody to come to. So we might be able to get some live reporting on that because it's a Wednesday as well. Now, that's the day that um, is supposed to make things official for Biden, right? Uh, that's the theoretical day. Yes. Right. Yeah, that's supposed to be. So that we'll see what happens. Uh, I know Super Don. I don't think anything's changing your mind about where you think this is going. But, dude, they have messed up so bad. It, even if Biden is successful, it ain't going to be pretty for him or anybody that follows him uh, on that front based on the fraud that has occurred. So we'll get to that. I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on that today. Uh, I do want to. I didn't Biden, even say anything. Did I know you, you, you didn't notice it's that. Me, it's me. Yeah. It's me. You did great. I said nothing. You paused. Good job. <laughs> All right. This is out of the Defender Children's Health Defense dot org. Bobby Kennedy's group doing great work. Lynn Redwood uh, has a, a great article about five questions Fauci and FDA need to answer on Pfizer and Moderna COVID vaccines. We are hearing more and more about healthcare workers, particularly frontliners, that are getting the first round of these shots suffering severe allergic reactions and uh fda and fauci need to talk about this explain you know fauci heads up the national institutes of allergy and infectious disease niaid allergies is right in the, in the name wouldn't he be uh capable of answering a question about this 
and who should or should not get the shot. Of course, you know, we have our opinions here on nobody, but granted, even if you're for it, might you take a pause and go, hey, man, there's some problems here, bigger and badder than we thought, and they're happening. First question is, why didn't the FDA Center for Biological Evaluation and Research require Moderna and Pfizer BioNTech to conduct immunogenicity tests on their COVID-19 vaccines for anti-drug antibodies as recommended in the agency's own guidelines for drug development during clinical trials. In other words, if they knew they were going to put something like polyethylene glycol PEG in it, and it is known in the scientific circles and realms of the peer-reviewed medical literature, much less clinical reports, poison reports, allergy reports, that it can trigger hyperimmune responses, anaphylaxis, why would they have not conducted tests about that or other ingredients that might trigger such responses? I think that's a legitimate question to ask. But why don't you just trust the science, Super Don? Why don't you just trust the science? Stop asking the tough questions. Just trust the science. It's like, dude, just like you're frustrated with that, Super D, the science says <laughs> that PEG can elicit these responses. And you were just pretending that well, not this time. How is that scientific? How is that at all of any concern to anybody? It was an emergency. Yes, right. You're right. You're right. There you go again. Getting it right again. When it's an emergency, the rule of necessity kicks in. What is the rule of necessity? Kick in? No law. The abandonment of all law, common sense, and even science. So it's not that it's unknown. Polyethylene glycol, PEG. Known immune responses to this therapeutic protein have the potential to affect pharmacokinetics, pharmacodynamics, safety. I mean, this is basically fancy ways of saying, man, it can kick your butt. Your immune system can overreact. On and on it goes. Clinical effects of the immune responses in subject, highly variable. Variable. You don't know if it's mild or severe. You don't know. Who knows? Well, they tried to say if you've had a reaction to a previous vaccine with that ingredient, that's it. But it's happening in people that have never had reactions, knowing reactions to any other vaccine. So that's not good enough. I mean, all of these things are, they're there for any scientist worth their weight in salt to be able to see if they had integrity, if they didn't lie like Fauci or lie like a rug when Fauci walks over them and tells them what to do or others like that. This is, I mean, this is a very well-researched article and it's hyperlinked so you can read all of the scientific or a bunch of it that points to the problems that they should have known, that they did know. By the way, did you notice there was that doctor, I think it was in Boston, that had an allergic reaction. And they're they're saying that it uh, it looks like people that have shellfish allergies Mm -hmm might uh not be able to or might have a reaction to this that uh they keep expanding the net a little wider don't they yeah and it's like like when you look at each group of people that say oh well these people that i mean just shellfish allergies alone it's they estimate about seven million americans are allergic to shellfish well and how many people have allergies even if seasonal millions and millions and millions and they can't say with a straight face that we know definitively that any one of those people are not going to react in this way. Can they? They can't. But they keep trying to pretend, well, it's only the most severe rare cases, right? And now they keep adding and adding. Are you going to be the ones that add to the mix? Or are you going to go, uh-uh, no, sorry. 
And are you sharing this with your friends that are on the fence or pro vaccine about, hey, do you realize the science that they're conducting is ab- abandoning the science that is known? Number two on this question, a uh, question for Fauci and FDA. Why does the FDA seem surprised by the recent reports of life-threatening anaphylactic reactions after the agency approved emergency use of two mRNA COVID-19 vaccines that contain polyethylene glycol? It's a, a great question. They knew it and they're surprised. And this comes back to what we call, we talked about as well out of England. For those of you listening on UK Health Radio, remember your uh, health medical services were saying, hey, we need to prepare for mass amounts of adverse reactions. They knew. They knew this was likely or perhaps inevitable, but they still fear mongered people to go get it. And they're still fear mongering people to go get it and downplaying as they add more in the widening of the net of people who shouldn't get it which is 100% of everybody, in my humble opinion, based on the scam that is COVID-19. Now, continue discussing that. Number two, great question. Again, very well-researched hyperlink. You can read and uh, go to all of the articles that support the concerns, including an article, The Importance of Polyethylene Glycol Alternatives for Overcoming PEG Immunogenicity and Drug Delivery and Bioconjugation. Published when? February of 2020. This same calendar year that we're still in for those of you listening live or close to it. So Bobby Kennedy, CHD chairman, sent a letter to the FDA's Stephen, Director Stephen Hahn and Peter Marks, Director of the Center for Biological Evaluation Research Fauci, and CC'd Fauci and voiced these very concerns. And no, no answers are forthcoming, apparently. Number three on the list of questions that are good questions for Fauci and FDA. Why? Did FDA officials not acknowledge the valid and scientifically supported concerns regarding the use of PEG and COVID-19 vaccines when CHD first noted them in September? Again, this is months before they were emergency use authorized and then hit the proverbial not real marketplace by force in some cases. And they were warned by scientists that said, hey, this is a problem. We're showing you this is a problem. Why are you concerned about this? Why are you saying anything, paying attention or anything? It's not like they're being surprised. It's been sprung on them after the fact that this thing is released. They knew it and they did it anyway, folks. They're a bunch of deceitful, Luciferian, scum-sucking pig liars. Do I need to be more direct without cussing? Why, number four, did the FDA abandon its regulatory authority to the pharmaceutical companies developing COVID-19 vaccines. Why? And there's apparently in July, COVID Prevention Network was reached with concerns about the use of PEG and Moderna's vaccine, citing a 2016 study. Again, these are all out there. This is not like it was hidden. And I mean, it's just right in your face. Folks, anybody that's still trusting the pharmaceutical church is asking to be taken out of the, the life chain. You talk about Darwin Awards at that point, and I'm not a fan of Darwin anyway. But, dude, come on. Finally, number five. Will FDA and NIAID now require mRNA vaccine manufacturers to conduct assessments of the immunogenicity of the pegulated lipid nanoparticles used in their COVID-19 vaccines? And will they consider pre-screening? Will they consider pre-screening of all mRNA vaccine recipients for the presence and titers of the anti-PEG antibodies. I mean, that would be reasonable, wouldn't it, Super Don? I mean, at this point, 
it's not hidden. It's widely known. And they, they want to say, well, everybody should get it except you and you and you. But, but as we've acknowledged here, they keep having to widen the net by finding out, oops, we should have widened it for, no, we didn't. There is no testing being conducted. There's no analysis. There's very little questioning of people that are going to get the shot about this history of allergies, not just allergies specific to vaccines or vaccines that contain some of these ingredients. But as we're finding out, as you said, shellfish allergies. What about allergies to food dyes? Can we go on and on? What about glyphosate? All these things that are destroying our normal immune reaction with the world. And then we inject this stuff with mRNA on top of everything else. With ingredients never used before in a vaccine. Yes. Yeah. But it was an emergency. Once again, abandon all logic in an emergency. Abandon the rule of law, constitutional limitations on government. All gone when an emergency is declared, however shallow, hollow, and bogus the emergency is. And as time goes on, in Super Don, we got to, between now and the end of the year, or right at the beginning of the new year, do we not have to double-check all-cause mortality stats in entire countries to find what has been showing up all throughout the year, that there is no spike in mortality all-cause, which makes no sense in a pandemic year when there should be a spike above normal, above average. And if that proves itself to be the case, then they once again are playing Orwellian games with words and their definitions where a pandemic is not what you thought it means. It means whatever we say it means now, because we want you to be scared so that we can have 50 new billionaires in the pharmaceutical church. You got any questions? Any questions? Anybody? Bueller. Hello. Nobody's paying attention. It doesn't matter. It does matter. Love you all. Thank you for being here, y'all. Chris Steiner says Pfizer's trial excluded those with severe allergies. Yeah, so you'd be guaranteed not to find certain what they call side effects, adverse effects wouldn't happen because we have excluded them. But now that the shot's on the market, we're not going to exclude them unless we're caught. And then we have to be forced to say maybe those people shouldn't get the shot, right? Besides the fact that we have everything that you need to take care of if you believe in the reality of a COVID uh, illness of some kind. So, so it, like I said, it doesn't matter whether you believe it's isolated or not. That's irrelevant to the discussion with whatever it manifests as. We have solutions and answers and options that can counteract it. You survive, you thrive, you're stronger and better for it, not weaker. And that's the other thing. Another lie of the year 2020, Super Don, is that there are secondary long-term effects to COVID exposure, Right. Normal things that occur following an illness that you treated with meds that deplete minerals, meds that congest your liver and your kidney superdon. You know what that results in? Depression, <laughs> loss of energy, secondary infections or secondary chronic manifestations, even like diabetes. So they say, oh, long term exposure, the risk of covid. You get this. this. It's like that is a normal follow up to anybody who's had any kind of viral ailment or illness that went big pharma and congested their liver and kidneys and depleted their minerals. It's not new, but they're marketing it as something new. So they go, hey, I know you're not scared of covid. Because you've seen the stats, it just kills everybody except ninety nine point nine five or seven percent. You know, what well, and they they call it long COVID. I think, long right? COVID, right? So they're going right? to go, hey, you really need to pay attention to the long COVID thing, the long game. Don't worry about. It. We know you know you're not going to die you, from it. But listen, you, get- you know there are pharmaceutical companies out there that right now are sitting in a boardroom and they're going, what drug can we come up with 
to address long COVID. And there's going to be long COVID commercials, yeah. right? Uh, you know, uh, now these things. This is a, a, this is a fish tail, the long fish, right? How big was that <laughs> fish? It keeps getting longer and bigger. And that's what we're, that was, that is absolutely what we're witnessing here. So anyway, uh, we got comments of the day. Hey, why did Jeff, Jeff, he shut down his Twitter account or something? I don't know. He was, um, he was blasting Yeah, you out. know, I did. Yeah. I saw something about that. Yeah. I'm not sure. What happened, Jeff? Did they, I don't know. I mean, we're not fans of Twitter. We just use all the media outreach we can because we're still the best kept secret in health talk media. Seriously. How many lists list a bunch of people and we're not, we're never on the list. It's like, we're riding under the radar. Maybe there's a reason for that. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, so y'all keep sharing, keep sharing the show for those who are ready to hear this message, this empowering message of health, freedom and healing Liberty and an occasional, uh, I think it's called a comment of the day. Hey, I tell you what. Hey, here's an idea. I'll... Hey, listen up, everybody. Excuse me. I got something to say. All right, here we go. Comment of the daytime on the Robert Scott Bell Show. And this one's coming from, let me see. I got to scroll down as we go here. All right, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Here we go. Today's show notes. Comment of the day from Bill. Bill. Bill says, Robert, Robert, Robert. You, of all people, making such a horrible grammatical mistake on I think you you just got busted. 12-20-20 at approximately 33-plus minutes. I mean, he's nailing me. I can't hide from this one. (laughs) I was surprised to hear you say more easy instead of easier. What say you? Mm. I am right. Did I say more easy? Uh, You know what? I'm going to listen. I'm going to trust Bill on this one. You're going to trust Bill? Because he's going. He's being very specific. it to the minute, right? Yeah. Yeah. But folks, you got to understand there's a double standard on the Robert Scott Bell show. I can call you out on your grammatical errors, but you can't say a thing when I screw up. <laughs> oh, you got a Only, bit of a dictatorship going on. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's something do as I, I say, not as I do. Yeah, I see. Dictator, dictation, dictation. What do you do? Uh, dictation. You say, say what to say. Well, you know, the only people that can correct me, my wife, Super Don, if you want. Uh, and everybody, yeah, y'all can do that. Well, Absolutely. If I, I'm busted. Oh that's, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm busted. Did you see how he follows us up though? He says, I'm no. learning a great deal from you and teaching others. You make learning more funner. <laughs> okay, Bill. All right. Busted. Thanks for all you and super Don do bill. Well, we love you, Bill. Appreciate that. Yeah. Call me out. I don't mind. Super Don loves it. Cause it makes him feel even better about himself. Not that he shouldn't feel awesome about himself because Man, he's people super are paying attention there. I like it. Yeah. Well, you'll never know when I, uh, let's say screw up some, uh, I don't know if it's grammar or grammatically incorrect, but something could happen. So y'all pay attention. We should almost have like, you know, in 2021 contest about catch, catch Robert when he screws up and then they win something, you know? Then they'll really pay attention, right? Oh, man, I got to hear every word if I, I could win something. Dude, do you want that kind of pressure? I thrive on that pressure. Are you kidding oh, me? okay. Challenge yeah. accepted. Besides huh? that, I, I probably didn't screw up. He's probably making it up. Bill is making it up. Uh, we'll will, to, you know what? I'll go back and look. More funnier, right? I'll see if I can grab it. It's more funnier. Yeah. And I said more easy instead of easier. Give me some more easy. What's wrong with that? More easy over eggs, over easy eggs. That's what they're called. Mm-hmm. Anyway, 
That's fun, Bill. Thank you for that. We do have questions and comments, I think, in hour two. Very specific health-type questions. I think one about gout. And uh, what else? Well, Nancy, no, you're not quite. My wife is not. She is not eligible to win prizes because she catches me all of the time. Even when y'all don't, she's listening. She's like, I can't believe you said that. So she would have like, it, she'd win everything. It would be not fair. Ula would complain. We don't want that to happen. <laughs> so so uh, we'll, we'll figure out a way to move forward on that. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, we got, I think, a gout question, a diabetes question. And then uh, also we got Rick Jaffe scheduled. He'll be uh, joining us at the top of the hour. Uh, mm-hmm. An attorney's perspective. Gr- granted, I'm not an attorney, and I do things that are not attorney-like, but he's, he's such a good guy. He's always game to talk and discuss these things with us. And, you know, from his perspective, as a legal clinician, can I call it that? Wow. A legal clinician, right? He does his things that way. And we'll talk about his perspective on that. And, uh, you know, what's the likelihood that they'll succeed in mandating COVID vaccines in the calendar year 2020? There's a lot of telegraphing and foreshadowing going on mm-hmm. when it comes to vaccine mandates. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it everywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, specifically, uh, employers. This is what I've seen because I think there's there's a uh, I, I think it's pretty likely mm-hmm. that that's what they're going to try and do. That employers are going to look at it and they're going to say, "Listen, you know, uh, I've got a hundred employees, uh, and I can't risk having my business shut down. Mm-hmm. So if you want to work here, you have to get vaccinated." And I know here specifically in the state of Oregon that where I live. We're we're a uh, an employment at will state. Oh, so they can fire so you for anything, right? There are attorneys here in the state that have gone public and have been quoted in you know the the media here that are saying, look, you know, uh, it's an at will employment situation here. So your employer has the ability to say, hey, look, if you want to work here, you have to do X Y Z. And if you don't want to do X, Y, Z, then you can go find another job. Well, this is why I encourage in 2021 should be the year of the entrepreneur that thumbs his or her nose at state unconstitutional state mandates and restrictions like that gym owner in New York. We just covered last hour. He, you know, basically won. And again, I I don't count on the courts doing the right thing. A lot of times they don't, but still there's a point where the people have got to go enough is enough. You're, you're driving me to bankruptcy for a virus that doesn't kill anybody except people that are in old age homes on multiple medications with multiple comorbidities. Really? And then you're going to mandate a vaccine that is efficacious. Where's the evidence for it being efficacious at all? Other than their study design saying we're we've designed this to prevent mild cases and not even reduce transmissibility because we haven't got parameters to test that yet. And this is what they're going to mandate. And of course, we talk and we'll talk with Rick Jaffe about it, the soft mandates, I call them, where it's not a mandate. You don't have to get the shot, but you can't work here. You can't play here. You can't come in this bus, this airplane. You can't come to the grocery store. On and on it goes to make life so difficult as to be darn near impossible for most people because they're not. most people are not growing their own food and are self-sufficient. And that's problematic because it is a de facto, I would call it, using a Latin legal term, mandate. Oh, it's not a mandate, but hey, you can't go anywhere, do anything, unless you, uh, we'll get into that with Rick. So folks, this is the place for health, freedom, and healing liberty, two hours a day, six days a week, except for holiday time apparently where we actually do take a few days off from time to time and uh 
Let me know if you want to see the M1 Garand in bonus time today. My son will be happy to show it off. <laughs> He's so thrilled about uh, his new uh, firearm from uh, post-World War II. That was a Korean police action era. Anyway, that's coming up as well. Uh, any announcements? Any other announcements, Super Don, we got before we uh, take a break? Get Rick in, in the show? Yeah, I don't. nothing comes to mind now, but uh, I'll, I'll search around and see if there's something we can come up with maybe in the next hour, towards the end of next hour. We'll... Okay. Remember in the show notes, we got links to, to Rick, our guest for hour two. We've got also the link for our 100% whole food supplements we get from choosetobehealthy.com. You could still support us on Patreon. That'd be a nice thing to do, uh, as well as the Cardio Miracle. That's rocking everybody's world and health world for the better. Trinity School, which we talked about. We'll have some uh, word from Synergy Science and their protection against 5G, double-blind, placebo-controlled studies. And we got questions and comments today coming up. Stand by. More on health and healing and the legal aspects of mandatory vaccinations in the era of COVID crazy. What will happen in 2021? Rick Jaffe joins us after the break because the power to heal is yours. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. I listen to get accurate, up-to-date information. I've learned so much from him. It is awesome. It's the best entertainment that I've found. You rock the health world. Keep it up. I love you. Now, the voice of health, freedom, and liberty, here's Robert Scott Bell. When we talk about health and living here on the Robert Scott Bell Show, y'all know it's not just physical health. You know, we talk about emotional health, mental health. Uh, obviously, spiritual things play a big role in my life, and I share that with you here. But political and economic and legal realities, these are important to discuss because if you are truly what we call holistic, that is, you involve the whole, you recognize the relationship and connection between everything. And one of the disasters of our modern era is the success of elitist authoritarians, whether it be in medicine or other areas, separating cause from effect we see it in medicine all the time with vaccination you get a vaccination you have an adverse event they say it has nothing to do with the vaccination or if it's autism they say we don't know what causes autism but we're 100 percent sure it's not the shot if you don't know what causes how can you definitively eliminate no of course that's the absurdity and we talk about people that are removing us from history or altering history so that we don't know cause and effect so that we can repeat history for those authoritarians who want to regain or strengthen their stranglehold of power, however unlawful it is. 
over you in the era of the fear of what? The invisible, the fear of the virus, and I've said it for years. The germ theory is the thing that was going to do us in because if they can capture our imagination and say, it's the germ, it's back, that we'll all give up on freedom because we're too afraid and we need those experts to protect us. Well, those experts are now saying, hey, we're, we're going we're gonna to mandate the vaccines for you, the COVID vaccines. And Rick Jaffe's been following that issue for some time. And we ought to talk with him about what are the legal realities, what are the concerns we should all share and have, and what can we do to push back on it. I want to welcome Rick Jaffe back to the program. Welcome back, Rick, and happy post-Christmas. Neil, thank you very much. Good to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Good to see you as well. Like I said, I, I, I don't, I'm not a lawyer. don't play one on TV, but I do study stuff, and that's why I love, love to engage with you because you have, I called you like a, a clinician in that realm, right? It's, it's, right, your, right? it's your domain, right? And I'm not the expert, but I ask questions. But on the issue of mandatory vaccines, we've been dealing with this for years, long before COVID. You know, with our friends, many of whom you know, who have injured children, some who have been killed, and we've talked about the no-fault you know, uh, injury compensation program. Apparently, the new COVID shot falls under a different one that's even worse, that pays out maybe one out of 10 times. And we're finding out more and more people that are at risk for adverse reactions based on the allergenicity of what's in this shot. So how could they ever get away with mandating this thing, especially it's only under an emergency use authorization? Right. Well, I, I think that's you've summed up the, uh, you know, the problems. I mean, and I think you have to distinguish between emergency use authorization and full licensure. And I think the bottom line is, I think states uh, are going to be reluctant. They should be reluctant to uh, mandate a vaccine uh, that's only that is still investigational because that's ultimately that's what it is. It's an investigational drug. And while, you know, there's all these talk about uh, the Nuremberg Code and the Belmont Declaration and Helsinki Doctrine, you know, and usually these things don't come into play. But in the case of investigational drugs, I think the courts would even look hard at whether you can force people to do it because it's, it's still an investigational drug. Right. And, and by the way, in California, mm -hmm. California is the, uh, the only state that I know of in the country that has actually uh, codified the Nuremberg Code. Mm. So in California, you can't, uh, you can't compel someone, theoretically anyway, under the law to, to undergo an investigational uh, uh, treatment, right? Now, it's for therapeutic use, but, and the issue hasn't been litigated, hmm. but, you know, mostly these codes that people talk about, Nuremberg, mostly they don't really apply in America because they're international treaties. They don't have the force of law, except if a court... Uh, says they do and i'm not aware of any such decision but in california they put it actually in the statute codified it. that's right so so, so i think in california you're gonna have a better better shot to stop it if you know look who are we talking about here if there's anyone from california you, you know it's going to come from senator pan right richard pan who's the pediatrician so i'm sure they're they're talking about it and see how they can do it and i think that there's a, a I don't see legally what's going to stop them once you have full licensure. Vaccines are licensed, but under biological licensure. But under emergency use authorization, mm -hmm. I think there's going to be a lot of resistance to that. Rick, even under licensure, as we found out, many or if not all of the vaccines that are licensed fully have never undergone a true inert placebo study which is the goal, supposedly the gold standard for determining safety and efficacy. So couldn't that be litigated to say, hey, even in California where Nuremberg Code is adopted, this is an experiment still. 
Well, there are actually there are a couple of lawyers that have taken that position, but once you have a licensed, once you have a, a FDA approved drug or biologically licensed drug, and the intent of the drug or vaccine is therapeutic as as opposed to an actual experiment, then I that argument just isn't valid anymore. It's been there only there only been two cases that have discussed this statute, and they made it pretty clear that once once a drug is licensed uh, or, or or approved, it's not it's not investigational. It the the intent is therapeutic, and once you have therapeutic intent, that's it. And then the law doesn't apply. So we kind of have this. Uh, we're we're arguing about the interstices of the statute, like a lacuna or a hole, because on the one hand, under emergency use authorization, it's therapeutic, right? We're not doing an experiment, but on the other hand, it's technically investigational. So while I think well, that that uh, California, the courts will hold that investigational drug can't be mandated under the statute. I'm sure if California decides to mandate it, they're going to argue therapeutic intent. So it's an open question. I'm giving you my view and yeah. what I think the issue is going to be. It, it pretty much sucks, though, doesn't it? I mean, you have to do that. I mean, it's like common sense is not ruling the day in regards to what we see as medicine. We talked about in hour one, Fauci admitting that he's a liar. He just lies and makes numbers up to kind of manipulate behavior. And as right. we talk about uh, studies on vaccines that are called biologics or different level of drug, uh, you know, approval process, it's a biologics. They don't come the same way as other drugs and they come out to market. Then they mandate it, but they don't mandate it because at the same time we see like California and a few other states we've been covering over the past few years, eliminating the religious freedom aspect of saying, you know what, I have a fundamental religious view that would prohibit me from taking that shot. They've overturned that in his ability. But then they say, well, it's not really mandatory because you don't have to send your kids to school. You can homeschool them. And so far they haven't mandated it for homeschoolers, but they make it so difficult that I think that. And the article may go into that as well. And we have it linked up. Let me just show everybody real quick. Uh, so it's linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. It'll take you to rickjaffeesquareesq.com. Uh, and it says mandatory COVID vaccination. Is it coming and is it legal? And, you know, I, I question uh, the entire veracity of the need for the shot. Of course, that's me. I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. in, on the inside of all of these folks. But the reality is we're dealing with an experimental shot. If there ever was one mRNA vaccines right now, the two that are really on there have never before been on the market ever, ever. And all tests that have been done on animals have been disastrous. And there's been other things on humans when they've hit uh, uh, what they call pathogenic priming. I mean, this is a, you know, we talk about recipe for disaster. If there ever wasn't, we're seeing evidence of uh, hyperallergic responses, anaphylactic responses. If they try to mandate this, there will be a big backlash. Do you not think? Absolutely. And, and, you know, the reality is the news isn't all bad. All right. And, and this is actually a case where there's something that people can do in every state. And that is, I mean, uh, actually, the next article I'm going to write are, is about some of the legislative efforts up till now. And, you know, we're about to start in many states a new legislative session come January, you know, early January. And I think, and this is what I'm going to ask in my, my next article, I think everyone's got to contact their, their legislators. And because in many states, or a few states anyway, there's already these bills that are being introduced, a couple of them to mandate the vaccine, but there's a number of states that are seeking to make sure, by state law, prohibit 
of the vaccine from being mandatory, mm -hmm. even for employers. So I'm going to post something about this and I'll, I'll reference all the states and, and the bills. I think that's going to be the most important thing that people can do. Rick, is, I, I appreciate you bringing battle. that up. Yeah. This is the next battle. And guys like me, you know, we'll follow, our, uh, we'll follow papers and we'll file lawsuits. But the best way to stop it is to get the state legislators to basically say that, you know, given even even once it's licensed, it's a new vaccine, it's a new mm -hmm. technology. There is no, obviously no such thing as a long term safety study in this, because I think the first patients got it when in like July or something like that. Yeah. In the so test, yeah. for all we know, people are going to grow a third head or a second head. You right. know what I mean? Nobody, nobody really knows what's going on. So so. You know, until that, until there's three, five years of data, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, I don't see that it's reasonable to make it mandatory. And I believe this will uh, be more receptive to the legislators, yes. many Republicans and even some Democrats, just because of the timing issue. Right. So that right. is going to be the next big battle that the people are going to be fighting. Rick, do you know our uh, my friend Diane Miller? Have you met Diane over the years? Attorney out of Minnesota. Oh, she's a good buddy of mine. Yeah, I thought so. And of course, Diane has been working on that through the National Health Freedom Coalition and right. Action Group, uh, saying exactly that, that we've got to take an aggressive stance with the state legislatures to right. write things that prohibit or to make very clear carved out exclusions for those that would not want to ever participate with this. So to your point, yes, we're going to strengthen that. For those of you who know Diane, we'll get her back on and see what updates for the new year because that's been you know an ongoing process. And also because of what's happened over this vaccine issue, there are health freedom groups that have established relationships and made their presence known to state level legislators and senators like uh, New Jersey. That was the big one. The end of sure. last year, remember December of 2019? What happened? They were about to pass it. They, 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 they stopped it. So there's a lot more efforts that have gone under, under are underway and a lot more success that can happen, including the election stuff that's happened. It's raised more awareness of the deception on both the Republican and Democrat sides that right. people are tr either running themselves for office or finding people that will be responsive to the actual needs of the people and the concerns of the people. Right. Well, so like I say, that's going to be the big thing. And I think Diane and her group, I mean, she, she Diane's the good thing about her thing. She has a national reach. So what she does is she helps uh, local organizers. I mean, mm -hmm. she helps a couple of these groups in California and all. So what there has to be in the states that already are offering this legislation, but mostly in the states that are not, there has to be a movement basically, you know, look, I, I'm, I have to tell you, I guess you and I disagree. I'm pleased as punch there's a COVID vaccine and I'm happy <laughs> for anybody to take it if they want to take it. You, you know what I mean? I mean, maybe if that gets me back to, you know, I play, I used to play competitive volleyball. If that gets me back to volleyball because everyone gets vaccinated, I'm, I'm happy as hell. You, you know what I mean? Now you have a different view, but it doesn't mean I'm going to take it. But, no, but you're not the one to, picking up the pieces of their health. That's all. That's well, why I that's you. their that's yeah. their decision. You right. know, true. I yeah, freedom. We're we're aligned on the freedom principle. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm freedom. Sixty percent of the people, fifty percent of people, says thinks it's safe because the authorities say it's safe, and Anthony Fauci says it's safe. Even if he was a liar, God bless him. Okay. God bless him. <laughs> you, you know, take well, the shot. 
I'm going to wait. Right. I'm going to wait yeah. two, three, four years. But I, I, I applaud anybody who's willing to take it, you know, based on, on the belief or based on their reliance. Rick, I, I just, you know, in the South, we used to say, bless their hearts. Right. Yeah. And it's like, look, I'm going to do everything I can to raise awareness of the danger. And yeah, ultimately, I'm not going to physically stand in the way of someone that wants to get the shot. I've never been that way. I'm all about freedom. Uh, I'm not thrilled about it because it's going to increase the amount of chronic disease on the, uh, right. in our country. It's going to destroy whatever's left of our healthcare system if we even have one. So there are a lot of uh, un- untoward side effects, secondary effects of that. But I get your drift, so to speak. I understand what you're saying and why. Uh, but let me ask you about the, the mandates of a soft ride. I call them soft mandates. Right. They're like, you have to have it, but you don't really because we're not going to require it. But if you don't get it, then all the things you're not allowed to do, including play volleyball, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. That, that to me is, I'm not using the term as a legal guide, a de facto mandate, is it not? Because all the things you normally do, now you can't unless you do the vaccine. That's not really mandatory unless you want to do all these things. Well, and that's that's really the system that we have now with with children. I mean, there's no law. We don't we don't have compulsory vaccination. We have mandatory vaccination for children. They don't line people up and stick them, but you have options. But the options are unpalatable, right? And and that's the problem. And and look, we have this model in the world already. You know, you it, it, for the last x hundred years, if you want to go to, you know, Africa, you got to get three or four shots and you have to have a vaccine book, right? Before they let you in the country. So this concept is existent. It's just that, you know, we've got, for the last, since Jacobson, you know, that's really about the last time they've actually had uh, mandatory vaccines, at least up until recently, last year in in, uh, New York, they forced a bunch of Hasidic Jews to get the measles vaccine. And in my case, I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. they they approved UC to force people to get the vaccine. But of course, now it's all moot because everyone's uh, sheltering in place. So it's not something we've done. And, and, you know, there there are going to be challenges and for sure there are going to be challenges during the the, the time frame when it's emergency use authorization. I just don't see how that's going to fly. No, and I I think they're going to try it. There's no question that they are attempting it. But for instance, most Americans do not produce their own food. They're not independent truly in a local community kind of sense. And they rely upon food being delivered to local stores and they have to go into them to get them. Now, if they expand so-called mask requirements to enter, which are already offensive to many people, uh, what what would happen if they say you can't come in here without proof of a vaccination? We've been hearing about technology from Bill Gates on down. We're going to make it like somehow tied to your cell phone or some some other right. unique record. I've talked about Real ID of 2005 Act uh, coming online. Now they predict by 2020 October, we'll see. I'm uh, 2021 October. We'll see what happens there. That ties unique medical identifiers, biometric data. And then basically can track whether or not you've been getting the shot. And then that limits your ability to survive, literally survive, if you rely upon going to a store to get food, for instance. Well, you know, I'm hoping it's not going to come to that for a couple reasons. Because remember, even if you take the vaccine, you still have to wear a mask, right? And you still have to social distance. Yeah, so, so what's the point, right? Well, well, that's what's the point? And look, I mean, you have to believe that uh, uh, businesses, people commercial interest will will, will, say, will say, look, I mean, we're not going to cut off 20, 30, or let's say 35% of the customers who aren't going to get back to vaccinated, right? 
because because you know you can't a business doesn't survive. I mean that's the, the ridiculousness of all these restaurant or, uh, mm -hmm. orders where they say you can do twenty five percent of of capacity. Yes. I mean that's that's insanity. That's, you no no company can do that. Nobody you can't can survive that. Nobody has a seventy five percent more more you know twenty five percent profit or margin. I mean it's the last five or ten or twenty percent where you make your money off the customers, not the first twenty five. Right. You lose money doing that. So so. Who you know if they can target as we've seen an attack seemingly on independent small business entrepreneurs, the big box retailers that are multinational, multi billion dollar companies can withstand and the online. 35%. They're online yeah. too. Right. Their sales switch from in person to online. Yeah, where yeah. the small people can't do that. So you so, have to say there's whether it's on purpose or by accident. Inevitably, the destruction of the entrepreneurs and small businesses in America, which is the backbone of our economic lifeblood since time immemorial. Now we become what slaves to Walmart and Costco and, and things like that. I mean, to me, there's other things that have come into play here. There's like, we cannot stomach that kind of destruction or else freedom is lost altogether. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, and it's bad. I mean, you know, it's like, and of course, everyone that's saying you have to shelter in place, Every one of those people is making their same salary. I mean, they, they don't have any skin in the game. So mm -hmm. it's it's pretty bad. And you have to believe. And then what happens if there's a third wave? Or let's have the, the vaccine. You have to get it uh, revaccinated. So it's not sustainable. And at some point, people are going to rise up and, and like they are, mm -hmm. you know, and file these lawsuits. And at and, and some point, especially maybe some of these Republican states, they're going to say enough is enough and they'll have some legislation about it. You're right. And You're you right. have in your, you article, have your article, the feds, the feds versus, versus the state. The state. Right. We've covered that the covered state, level, the state level, level is where this is really, really happening. The mandates, right. There's no basis for it on a federal level. Uh, state versus private uh, party mandates. You've got article on uh, or paragraphs on that. Emergency use authorization versus full vaccine licensure. We've discussed that a little bit. And I, I think it's a comprehensive uh, uh, overview to say. I mean, it doesn't make pe people happy when they read it. But yeah. you're just given an honest analysis based on your experience here about, you know, what we're looking at in the future if this if things go this way. Right. Right. And, and you know, things could change. I mean, I mean, what we haven't seen so far. Let, let me point out something, here, which, you know, on the vaccine context in this case, Oliver, U.S. versus Oliver, which I, I've talked about in some of my posts. Um, there was a dissent and she quoted uh, Judge Newman quoted um the history, legislative history from the National Vaccine Act, the, you know, the uh, Vaccine Act from 86. Uh, it was. And what she quoted, the history is saying is that they knew at the time that there was going to be serious and permanent uh, injury to 0.5% of the people, of the kids that took the vaccine, 0.5%. Now, there are 4 million kids that get vaccinated every year, and 0.5% is 20,000. Mm -hmm. And that was when uh, there were seven vaccines, 21 shots, you know, fast forward from 86. Now it's 21 vaccines and 68 to 72 different shots. So even if there's only a linear increase mm -hmm. paralleling the increase in the shots, I mean, that's three and a half times. That's 70,000 people a year, kids a year, they're going to be permanently injured. But even the 20,000 number. Back in 86. So the con the reason for this is, look, Congress picks losers and winners. And, and, and they back then said, look, we know the vaccines are going to harm, seriously harm 
thousands and, and you know two tens of thousands of people and that's just what it is so the reason i tell you this is if you take a look at some of these vaccine adverse reactions that are happening so far as i know no one's died you have a handful of people who have been in the hospital who were treated and then released and then you have what three or four thousand people that had events that affect their activities of daily living so i'm here to tell you if you think that if you're out there thinking that these six people that were hospitalized or eight people that are hospitalized out of the million or two million people that got it and the 3,500 or 5,000 uh, moderately serious adverse effects are going to affect anything, you know, I, I don't think that's going to happen. It's not going to stop the ball. You know? No, because gonna... we're dealing with a collectivist mindset. Right. right. The, the greater, the greater good, good, sacrifice a few for the, you know, even if you can arguably make it. Make it scientifically validated that it doesn't prevent anything by their own study design admission mild cases no reduction in transmission because they didn't put that in the test parameters at all so it's like right. and you still have to mask you're gonna have to get more shots you still have to it's like this becomes the worst product rollout in history other than the fact that they have a perceived mandate and a perceived ginned up need for it that isn't real based on the actual rate of death, which is far lower than they claim. And even those who are all into the, the COVID whatever uh, admit it's far less deadly than we initially thought. And on and on it goes. It's like at a certain point, I think the people are going to rebel in 2021 because they'll keep coming up with more excuses. Oh, it's a new version. It's just like you do. How much can you put up with to sacrifice a few for the benefit of the many that is an ill-defined benefit in, re in reality? Right, right. And I, I think that that's right. And I think the best way to do that is everyone's got to contact their state legislators and figure out who's on which side. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's going to be a, a much better answer than just a handful of guys like me going to court. Yeah. So, you know, because I think there are people out there. I think there are people, even legislators are out there. I mean, how are we going to do this for three years, five years? How long is this going to go on? Supposedly, we're going to get herd immunity. Now the number gets up. It was 70 percent. Then it was 75. Then it was 80. Then it's 90. And then what happens if if next year it's something else? You need, exactly. you know, is this the precedent so to permanently lock down the people of America and the people of planet Earth? Yeah. And, and as I say, if we are so lost in understanding how health begets health, versus oh you just accidentally got sick again we are disempowered we are victimized and those yeah. who love to re revel in our victim status will continue to dominate us with not science but right. politics and economics how many more billionaires in 2021 with new vaccines coming off the the back of the taxpayer that's funding this, this is not coming from free market yeah. capital investment well it's a crisis and and one i i will say one of the one there is some hope in the sense that uh, I think the two people in the Supreme Court that are really going to stand out in the next few years on these issues are Alito and uh, Gorsuch. Mm -hmm. You know, Gorsuch, I, I, I use his opinion a lot. Uh, you know, uh, he just did this opinion where he says there's no universe in which we're, we're, we're keeping bike shops open, you, you know, and food stores, but closing or, or limiting uh, right. churches. So, you know, between him and Alito did this speech at the Federalist Society where he, he's basically saying it's hard to believe that people are putting up with these kinds of restrictions. I mean, they go to the people's fundamental rights. It's almost like mass house arrest. And you're having very few people make these decisions. Well, that that's what we're dealing with. Again, mass 
uh, psychosis, if you will, over the fear of germs. And again, I know there's a lot of perspectives and arguments about whether this is dangerous or how dangerous or not. But bottom line, if we uh, abandon liberty at any biomedical emergency, there's not there. there it, we're never going back because they now got us. They've now, yeah. conv- you know, they've been war- they've been programming us for years. 1918. It's coming back. It's coming back. You know, and I'm not the lone voice in the wilderness. There's some of us out here talking about, hey, you know what? There's naturopathy, homeopathy, herbalism. There's so many ways that we can neutralize, even if you believe it is real and dangerous, like we go back in the history of medicine in the early part of the 20th century. The fever diseases, even the so-called Spanish influenza. Mortality rates to homeopaths and naturopaths was near zero compared to 20 to 50 percent of allopaths. So there is a medical monopoly that is restricting innovation to, let's say, rebound, much less, uh, let's say, interact or respond to ongoing threats or emergencies that I would argue are due to deficiency and toxicity that manifest as viruses. Right. Well, that's a little medical for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you get legal for me, so it's touche, right? <laughs> Listen, Rick, I you know, always enjoy, you know, right. your candor and getting on and talking about these things. I appreciate your articles as well. We have it linked up. What did you say before we let you go? What was your next article you're working on? I'm going to go into the next thing I'm really thinking about is uh, a mass movement to the legislators to put in these restrictions to mandatory COVID vaccination. So I think there has to be this nationwide movement for that. And I'm, I'm thinking hard about, I'm also thinking hard about uh, these small entrepreneurs and maybe thinking along the line, some people are starting to talk about takings, you know, whether or not all this mm-hmm. stuff constitutes a taking. You can't take property without mm-hmm. due process. So I'm giving that some thought and looking for the right case. Excellent, excellent. And by the way, on the, the show on Thursday, before Christmas, we had a couple of uh, freedom advocates in Utah. One was an immigrant from India. Another yeah. is a chef getting together and going, we got to come together on this, just like you're talking about. Just folks that you wouldn't think had skin in the game. They're like, this is so important. And there was interesting. They, they brought to my attention uh, a, a Utah newspaper that was saying, who is the, like, the man of the year kind of thing like time does for the state? And it turns out a man who was a former police officer uh, Eric Mutsos, he won 51%. He's, he's established Utah Business Revival to get all the entrepreneurs, all the small businesses together to push back on unconstitutional government uh, mandates or restrictions of the health department variety or the governor, um, uh, what we call executive order variety. And right, right. the people said, no, we like that. That's the guy that we want to support and say, that's the man of the year. So if they didn't expect that they wanted somebody like the governor or a public health department official. It didn't happen that way. So on a local level, on a state level, you are so right, my friend. And I can't wait for that next article to come out. We can blast it out everywhere. It's aligned with uh, what Diane Miller is doing as well. All right. Well, thanks a lot for having me, man. You got it. Rick Jaffe. And we got his links up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. Check it out. In the meantime, check out the protection from 5G and beyond that we get from Synergy Science and the key technology, QI technology, WaveGuard. And we'll be right back after this. Today, we live in an omnipresent cloud of charged particles emitted by electronic devices, electromagnetic fields, WLAN, and radio waves. These particles penetrate our bodies and heat the water in our body tissues. Recent scientific studies have shown that this particle flux not only heats the cells in our bodies as if we were in a microwave oven, but damages them as well. At Key Technologies, we want to protect you from the negative effects of such particles, so we have developed the Key Home Cell and other products. 
The key home cell creates a protective field that works like a filter, intercepting any dangerous particles before they can enter your body. Here we have a partial look at the inner workings of the key home cell. The key home cell generates a charge exchange between the water tubes, thereby discharging free electrons and releasing them into the room. Within 24 hours, the key home cell creates a torus field. The free electrons formed in the torus use their negative charge to bind to the positively charged harmful particles, thereby rendering them harmless to you. The torus field has an effective range of 16.4 feet above and below and 24.6 feet around the device. The torus field created by the key home cell is transmitted and provides you with protection through the walls of your home. Not only humans and animals are shielded from harmful radiation, but plants and food too. Whether mobile radio waves or WLAN, any particles that come within the torus field can no longer cause any harm to you or your family. The key home cell provides you with all-around protection, allowing you to communicate with absolute peace of mind when using your cell phone or any other electronic devices. The key home cell's free electrons are transmitted into the water through the torus field and repairing the water structure that was destroyed by radiation particles. Water regains its ideal vibrating hexagonal grid structure. The difference is easy to taste and can be proven with laboratory testing. This type of perfect hexagonal water structure is found in fresh spring and healing water and has also been seen in snowflakes. The same effect happens with our food, which also contains water. The key home cell greatly reduces radiation exposure from cell phones, laptops, WLAN transmitters, mobile terminals, and other sources of radiation. The key home cell drastically reduces the thermal stress on your body tissue. It is very fast and very easy. With the key home cell, you will experience a new quality of well-being within your home and more life energy without any unhealthy exposure to radiation. All right, y'all, welcome back. We have got a little bit more to go, and then we got some bonus time coming up. You never know what happens in bonus time uh, on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Uh, Super Don, uh, another great interview with Rick Jaffe. I, you know, look, I appreciate the guy's candor, right? And he acknowledges, you know, things that he knows, things that he doesn't know. And I, uh, I'm, I'm, I roll with that. I don't know if we get hate mail from having people on that disagree with us, but you were joking. It's like, no, we can only have people on that 100% agree. It's like, come How on. How dare you, right? Rory, you. No, Robert, we got to deal with those perspectives that are very much out there and in the, uh, uh, we say the public consciousness, much less the legal consciousness. Obviously I'm so far out the box that I don't even recognize the box often anymore. So we need to have some, some level of, I guess, grounding into the old, uh, ways that we're trying to outcreate. And there are a lot of people still there. So I think it's important to have discussions like we had with Rick. And I think still his idea is like Diane Miller's is like, get it to the state legislatures and you can stop this thing cold. It's harder for big pharma, not impossible, but harder for them to buy every state legislature. Right. They've had it easy because there's been little pushback on the state level from health freedom groups like that are happening now, like in Ohio, like uh, our friends in Ohio, uh, which are doing amazing work and other states. This is happening almost in every state. Uh, so to get and push back on the localist of local levels, and that's a, a Michael Bolden 10th Amendment Center concept as well, is more efficient than ever going to the federal level, which doesn't technically have the authority to mandate vaccines anyway. Not that they wouldn't try under a Biden, but uh, it's all going to happen at the state level anyway. So well, that's, where, that's where you really have the uh, the best chance of, of making a change is at a more local level. I mean, look at look at all the <laughs> I mean, use what's going on right now as, as an example. Mm -hmm. 
with the mandates or the or the uh, the things that are coming from the federal about the pandemic, mm-hmm. and you've got individual states that are going, no, we're going to do it our way. Yeah, right. Or let's say you don't go to the state level, let, let go down to your county level, mm-hmm. or even go down to your city level, right? You know, I mean, that's where you can you can have the most impact. Rather than because listen, we focus so much about what's going on on a federal level, and it's because it's important. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, if you want to do something that's going to, you know, have the most impact on your life personally, then the the state, I think, is a good place to start. Yeah. Exactly. Local level, etc. So. Uh, with that, I did see a question that was impromptu coming in through the chat room uh, from Kurt. How's it going, Kurt? Uh, Kurt's asking me, what farm did you recommend for getting organic cuts of beef? Ames Amish Farm? I can't find it on the website. Well, if you go to our friend Dr. Frank King, who's on with us the first Friday of every month doing the Healing Revolution, it'll be the second Friday of January because the first is a holiday. Uh, we will uh, uh, bring that back up, but he's got Dr. King's farms. I don't know. Super. Oh, you got it there. That's cool. And that is where I recommend he's got Carolina bison and all kinds of fascinating uh, cuts for those that are vegetarians. Apologies right now. But, you know, you got to deal with the majority of people that still eat animal protein and, and, and some do very well on it. I'm just going to acknowledge that it's a fundamental philosophical uh, difference. No, I don't think so. I think it's a pragmatic difference in terms of what people need to do well. And everybody's different. Uh, so in this case, organic grass fed beef you can get from Dr. King. Uh, you can have them shipped to you fresh frozen and super Don's showing that on the screen right now. So thanks for doing that. Kurt, that's where we go. And, and yep. If you, and if you want to get uh, a little bit adventurous, mm-hmm. right. How about some nice yak filet mignon? Yak. Oh my gosh. Yakety yeah. yak. I'm going to eat that. <laughs> okay. Uh, yak. Wow. No, I hadn't tried that. So look got at that. Elk and yak and Watusi. Mm-hmm. You can dance while you're eating. Right. Wow. Pretty wild there. Angus beef, grass-fed beef. So he's got some stuff to choose from there. Yeah, so that's my recommendation. Give a shout-out to Dr. King, 800-543-3245. That'll get you to drkings.com. Uh, and you can, there's usually a, like, press whatever for the whatever. So you can actually get to the farm stuff. Uh, it's drkings.com uh, forward slash farms. Forward slash farms. Okay. That's great. So there you go. And you can take, usually in season, they can tour you. You can take tours as well and visit the yak our buddy theo from sovereign silver <laughs> he went out and did that what are you laughing at you can visit the yak yeah you can visit the yak. i want to visit the yak yeah you're welcome kurt you want to visit the yak? all right let's do some questions of the day officially now excuse me i'd like to ask you a few questions All right, questions of the day. First one's coming from Brad. Let me pull it up so you can see it. There it is, RSB and Don. He's not super anymore. What happened? Brad, come on, buddy. Super Don. <laughs> Would like to know what you recommend for the treatment of gout. I have Euloric. a friend. What? Euloric, definitely. No, not Euloric. Yes. That, and that's why he said Don and not Super Don, because you made a recommendation for Euloric. By the way, one of the side effects of Euloric? Gout. Gout. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh, Brad has says he it's has true. a it's he, true. He has a friend that has a severe case of it and the meds the doctor gives do not help much. Thanks, Brad. So that that is a case of um uric acid accumulation in a, a joint particularly, a lot of times the big toe, but it can be in the elbow and the shoulder, it can be anywhere. And what we want to do is recognize how is uric acid processed by the body 
metabolized and excreted. Superdon, do you know the pathway? It's like the uh, hip bone connected to the thing bone thing. Do you remember that pathway? I don't. I don't know. Which organ is responsible for converting uric acid into a more excretable form? Come on. You I can don't do remember. This. You can do it. Uh, come on. The pancreas. Not the pancreas. The no. liver. The liver. The river. It's connected somehow. Yeah, it's connected. It's true. See? All right. The liver. I just went a little farther up the path. That's all. So you took a side path that no one needed all to right. go down in that moment. Thanks anyway for trying. Right. I took a left at Albuquerque. We have a, uh, a certificate of participation for you. <laughs> I feel really good about that. We don't want you to be bummed out. Um, so, Brad, um, the metabolic pathway is through the liver. Now, if the liver is congested, uh, of course, uh, what are we talking about here? You're breathing. You're eating foods that are not pure. All of these things eventually overwhelm the excretory system. The liver congested. Then suddenly things like when you ingest animal proteins with a high, uh, you know, the high protein content, the breakdown in the digestive process, part of the metabolic waste is uric acid. Normally, that's taken to the liver where it's transformed into the salt of the acid, in a sense. He has so, uh, uric acid, sodium urate, some, anything like that. And then it's taken largely to the kidneys for further filtration elimination through the water content, urine, urinated out. Where do they come up with the word urine? Isn't that interesting? Uric acid, urine, urate, urea, you hear all of these things all dealing with the nitrogen balance of the body. How much protein do you really need? So if you eat excess amounts of protein to your needs or your liver's unable to handle it, the body will accumulate this waste product and try to tuck it away. If you have the body type in the skeletal system, could be the joints, the toe, whatever, where it's classically known gout. And so very often uh, recommended now, even doctors will do this. They'll say cherry juice. Like, a, or, I would say organic black cherry juice concentrate. You can get these syrups at health food stores that mix it in water and keep, keep drinking it and with your hydration uh, regularity with that. And that helps to uh, uh, capture, if you will, that uric acid that's accumulated to help carry it, which is going to be carried through the, the body fluids, blood, etc. The uric acid can be harmful to the lining of the, uh, ep- the epithelial lining, if you will, or endothelial lining of the vascular system. And that's where we say the same cause of gout and arthritis is the same cause of cardiovascular disease outside of environmental poisons and toxins, glyphosate, et cetera, poisons, uh, pesticides, et cetera. But from a metabolic, purely metabolic perspective, uric acid crystals could be in the blood. That's vicious and could just rip up the smooth walls of the arterial system, the venous system. And that creates a need for patching and repairing. And of course, if you don't know this is going on and you continue to eat the same way, you don't exercise, you don't hydrate, on and on it goes, then you have inflammation of a chronic variety in the vascular system that comes with little or no pain or symptoms until it's too late. When the patching is continued, continued, continued until you have an occlusion, arthro or arteriosclerosis, anything like that where you have an occlusion and a blockage. That takes years in most cases. But I will remind you historically that the young people, 18, 19 year olds that came back in body bags, bags from Korea and Vietnam, they were, they often had advanced stages of atherosclerosis, hardening of the arteries in their teens and, and young adult years. How did that happen? Stress, certainly. Food quality, certainly. Lack of thereof. Exposure to, to toxic chemical munitions, absolutely. All of the above. 
but they were already eating processed foods at that time more than whole unprocessed foods. So a lot of these things play into that mix and manifest in that way. This is a little more than Brad asked about because it's all about gout. So uh, cherry juice concentrate, yes. Doing extra selenium, yes, because the liver is critical and the selenium is providing for the production of glutathione peroxidase and other detoxifying uh, substances and pathways. Uh, you can do Canjest. We've talked about that. You can do homeopathic drainage remedies. We talk about bryonia. Nux vomica, chelidonium. I might go into the detail on those in the new year as you ask me about maybe a weekly homeopathy update, which I think I'll be hard-pressed to not do. How about that for a double, double negative, honey? I hear, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, but we'll, we'll likely do that as well in the new year. So beyond bryonia, which was my starting point, I would do rust toxicodendron, homeopathic rust tox, which is poison ivy. Uh, you can do ruta. You can do colchicum. C-O-L-C-H-I-C-U-M. Colchicum is excellent. There is even a homeopathic form of uric acid called uricum acetum. Okay? So you can do these things as well and stay hydrated. Start moving. little lymphatic massage to get the, the, you know, the, the fluids moving again to help clear the system out. And then reduce your animal protein consumption and even high purine content foods. We're not fans of soy here, obviously, unless it's been cultured or fermented. But... Even that can be problematic for inflammation of the joints if your liver's congested. So reduce your protein intake at that point. Give your body time to acclimate, uh, to function better, and detoxify. If you want to accelerate it, coffee enemas. My apologies to Super Don. Or Don in the case of what Brad refers to you as. All right, Don. Just doesn't sound right. You're not Don. Okay, Scott. <laughs> I didn't say Donnie. It does sound kind of weird, right? Doesn't it now? Right? It's super Don or Super D? I'm used to it, but you're just that super. In this in this context, it is kind of yeah. odd. And you get participation trophies, so everybody's good. All right. We do have another question. You want to read the next one? Okay. Uh, this is a short one here. Rick. Rick's uh, says uh, might have diabetes, not diagnosed. What are some signs to look for, and how can I naturally combat it? Okay, now the pancreas. See, you were you were jumping ahead on question of the day. You knew. Yeah, we'd have to mention the pancreas eventually. Okay. Uh, so, um, diabetes, of course, you talk about high blood sugar. You've lost the ability to regulate the blood sugar levels. Uh, in type 2 scenarios, they talk about an ongoing development. It used to be adult onset until it happened in younger and younger kids, too. And uh, you would find it initially start with signs of hypoglycemia, typically, where you have low blood sugar. You, you, can't, you can't utilize energy properly, even stored energy or especially stored energy. You can't get it back out. And you, you start fading an hour after a meal. You're just like, I'm tired. And, and I've said this many times over the years when I, on the occasion I've been invited to like high schools, even sometimes colleges and young people there are crashing on their desks at 10 in the morning or 2 in the afternoon. They can't stay awake. And it's not because I'm boring. You guys, if I was boring, you probably wouldn't keep tuning in. But uh, it's, it's because they're hypoglycemic. They're eating garbage food. They don't have the minerals available to their system to be able to utilize energy properly. And in the case of diabetes, type 2 diabetes, it's an abject deficiency of the chromium molecules in a, in a food form. Because there are synthetic forms we've covered here with our buddy Chris Barr, not a doc, for many years. And uh, Jonathan at ChooseToBeHealthy.com has the appropriate uh, remedy. If I go in through that, I'll just show everybody, especially since Rick is asking. And this will help Brad, too, for the uh, friend with uh, gout. 
let me go find choosetobehealthy.com and click on that link. You see the banner on the right-hand side. And that'll take us there. And if we go to shop, I'm going to press shop, see if this works. And if I can find out, Chris Barr recommended. That's the easiest way to get kind of reduce down the numbers of things you're going to be looking at. And so when it comes to the issue of hypoglycemia and diabetes, in addition to homeopathic, if you want, lycopodium and iris, the key here is to replenish the stores of chromium in the body from 100% food source. That's the GTF chromium from innate. Now, other brands claim to be GTF chromium. doesn't mean it's 100% whole proof, whole food, I shall say. This has been the efficient one, 100 micrograms, three, perhaps even four times a day until you get back on your so-called blood sugar level feet and you can utilize energy properly. Just to give you a reminder for those that are not new or for those who are new, chromium is described, and we write it thanks to Chris and Unlock the Power to Heal as well, as the dock worker that offloads the sugar that is carried by what? Insulin. And so every time I hear the insulin sensitivity or insulin resistance, it's a fancy way of saying we don't know why the insulin is not, well, or let's say we can't deliver the sugar or get it out. Maybe they're morons. Maybe they're idiots. Maybe they don't read peer-reviewed literature. Maybe they just don't know. That the chromium serves as the dock worker if the insulin is like the semi-truck. It's backing up to the dock to offload. And there are no dock workers there because there's no chromium there. You get the chromium back in the mix, suddenly you can utilize sugars efficiently as you're designed to do. This is not an endorsement of eating high fructose corn syrup or other refined sugars. But on the occasion that you do take a whole food that has a higher carbohydrate or sugar content, you can manage it because you have chromium stores available to you. And my kids have known that if they eat a treat, they typically will take 100 micrograms of the GTF chromium along with it. In fact, yesterday, I don't know if I remembered to do it, Super Don, I had a picture of, uh, I wonder if I have the picture. I told you my, my wife made a, one of the most incredible organic cheesecakes for my son's 21st birthday. Let's see if I can find it. Oh, I think I see it. Hold on here. Let's see. Oh, here it is. Let me show you. I'm going to hold it up here to the screen. Can't really see it there. There's my son before we consumed it. Do I, I might have a closer up picture though. That's what I want to show everybody. Ah, here we go. There it is. A beauty. That is a beauty. And that that was, and and it's like, and I was complaining because my metabolism is so dang efficient because I'm doing these workouts almost every day that I ate a whole organic pizza imported from Italy yesterday. And I had a slice of cheesecake. But how big is a whole organic pizza though? Um, it's not like a fish story. It's pretty big. Okay. So yeah. it was a good size pizza. So you ate no, the whole- I, we went out shooting yesterday. I was hungry and got back and ate the whole thing and all organic from Italy. And that's I've told you about that. The Trader Joe's special, I call it Trader Giotto's. It's, it's, I don't mm. know if people call it a cheat, but for me, it's not because it's good. It's yummy. It's delicious and it's nutritious and healthy and balanced for me. My body works well with it. And then I ate that and cheesecake, and I still ended up two pounds under what I wanted to get to this morning. <laughs> I was like complaining. And I know y'all are going to be mad at me, but if you work out as crazy as I do, and it's only like, it's fun. I love it. But it's not good for gaining weight. I, I keep telling my trainer, can you hook me up with some steroids? This is ridiculous. She won't do it. I don't know why. So anyway. Oh, the travails of being me. I don't Poor need any Robert. Yeah. By the way, I did get a violin for my daughter for Christmas. Just was for it fun. Tiny? Not a tiny one, a normal size one. Oh, okay. And she's like, I don't want lessons, Dad. I just want to figure it out on my own. And she's already, 
even though she broke one string already because we, we don't know how to work with violin so well, but she already knows how to play it. So that's just her nature. She just can do that stuff. It's crazy. We got our son an electric guitar. Oh, sweet. Yeah. yeah, we did that like two Christmases ago for Ari, and she just jams out. So she has some fun with that. That is sweet. Very cool. Let's see what else we got. I think we did the questions today. Diabetes. So, yeah, 100 micrograms, three, maybe four times a day. And uh, that'll break the cycle before it even becomes a bigger problem uh, for you, Rick. Anyway, hopefully that's helpful to you. I think we got uh, ooh, one more cover story to get to. It's in the notes. You can link to it. Here it is. Health Impact News is covering this. Oh, my gosh. This will get everybody banned. A study that says mask mandates increase rates of COVID compared to states with no mask mandates. Uh-oh. Dude, that can't be. It's fake news. Right? But this is the thing. Remember Tom Woods? Right? Our buddy Tom? Yeah. You know, he, he was talking about, he looked at every place that was initiating mask mandates, and on every chart, it ended up that the COVID cases were spiking higher, higher, higher. And he got banned from YouTube for like one of his videos. Yeah. I'm like, he's not even a health guy, but he covers it, right? So they're not discriminating, but anybody that actually points out their scientific peer-reviewed literature supporting the concern that we have for masking everybody indiscriminately without evidence of, of uh, safety or efficacy, they make this virus, the rates of it, climb, apparently. This is not us saying it. This is in... Uh, different peer-reviewed medical journals. But, of course, it opposes the WHO, which changes its mind every day as well. The reverse correlation between periods of masking and non-masking is remarkable, according to RationalGround.com co-founder Justin Hart, re, uh, tweeted on December 20th. 15 states that went uh, without statewide mask mandate for the duration of the analysis. Uh, they covered that as well. It just like the mask mandate didn't do anything. But it's become a religion. Uh, let's see. RationalGuard.com researcher Ian Miller discovered that three counties in Florida, Manatee, Martin, and NASA, had let their mandates expire, had fewer cases per capita than those counties that kept the mandate. How dare you? You don't even get a participation trophy for revealing that. You can't do that. And we've been told masks are the single most important public health tool we have. This, this guy, Miller, he says mask religion will have uh, a number of inaccurate excuses ready to go, but of course they're obscuring and ignoring that this should not be possible, no matter what the mitigating circumstances, if masks were as effective or as important as we were told. The simple reality is there's no legitimate data showing that mandates have worked. In fact, quite the opposite. So Governor DeSantis, shout out to Governor DeSantis. I wish every governor was, was doing what he did and saying, no, we're not going to mandate. It's not going to happen. When you isolate in, in Florida, I believe this is when you isolate only the top 12 most populous counties in the state, eight of them had effective mask orders implemented at some point during the study period and four never had a countywide order uh, and on and on it goes. There's more on that, but we got to take a break. This is the Robert Scott Bell Show, the place for health, freedom and healing liberty. Thanks to everybody at UK Health Radio. Y'all going to try and cut the feed and come right back. So if you want to stick around, we'll see where we go. Could be very responsive to questions and comments you have. Stand by. The power to heal is most definitely yours. The Robert Scott Bell Bell Show.
The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.